Back when he was the executive of the year in 2000 with the New Orleans Saints, the possibility of signing Coach Prime, he wasn't known as that, of course, was on the docket, I'm sure, in discussions for Randy Mueller. He has also been an NFL executive with a number of franchises, including GM stints with the Seattle Seahawks and the Miami Dolphins. He now hosts football GM podcast from The Athletic and writes for them as well. Randy Mueller, joining us in the fast lane. Randy, a pleasure to speak with you. Did you ever see the meteoric rise of Coach Prime to the point where he would be mentioned as a potential NFL head coach like he seems to be in uh, certain circles now? I'll tell you what, it's been quite a quite a ascension, and, and we shouldn't be surprised. Obviously, he has you know, a reputation that precedes him without a doubt, but I'll say this. There's been a lot of critiquing of his style and the way he goes about his business, but I have never seen anybody take a hold of the football world like he has. I think he's been great for college football. I think he's been great for, for really all shows like this, obviously, but I think he's been great for kids in general, and I really think the, the fit at the college level where he can affect young kids. You know, he's got two on this team himself that are his own sons. I just think the fit for him at the college level is unique and, and really good. And I don't know if that would be the case in the pros. I think that you're talking about coaching men who are going home to families and it's a different deal. You've almost got to help them win a game on Sunday, and that's the bottom line criteria. But He's able to mold kids, I think, at this level, and I think it's really valuable. I'd hate to see him leave college sports. Would it translate, you mentioned the skepticism that you have for the NFL, would it translate to a franchise like the Washington Commanders that are in the process of undergoing a wholesale cultural change from top to bottom with their new ownership group? And, uh, well, they don't have to face that decision right now. In fact, they're off to a good start at 2-0. and yeah. It could be one on the uh, horizon at some point for Josh Harris and the new ownership group in D.C. Yeah, I think it's probably something that a lot of franchises are going to have to ask themselves. At the NFL level, and I've been two places with college coaches who have come. I was in Seattle when we hired Dennis Erickson, who had no pro experience. And I was in Miami. Well, actually, Nick hired me, Saban, with the Dolphins. So I've been around that system for a college coach per se. Now, now Dion's case has a little more pro experience, obviously, as a player. But I think the other parts of the we, the wheel, so to speak, the GM, the front office, the ownership, all of that play a bigger role than in college. Because in college, you're your own GM. You're your own acquirer of talent. You, you kind of set the map and, and the narrative. That's not necessarily the case in the pro level. So if he were to go somewhere, I would be very interested to see who was with him, who was his co-pilot as a GM. I think in this case, an experienced guy who's been through a lot would probably help Dion a ton because his style is a little different. And I think somebody who's who knows what's around the next corner as a as an NFL executive would be very valuable to him because there's there's a little difference in how you build teams and acquire talent in the NFL. Friday afternoon or Saturday morning, that's when you can listen to the Football GM podcast from The Athletic that Randy Mueller is a part of and is gracious enough to give us a little bit of a preview of some of the things they'll be discussing on this week's edition. Right now, of course, he's giving us that preview here in the fast lane. Randy, we mentioned the Washington Commanders. They're off to a 2-0 start. Hasn't been the most challenging slate of teams in terms of what people projected the Arizona Cardinals and Denver Broncos to be, but... Washington's 2-0, including a come-from-behind resiliency-showing victory out in the Mile High City last week. Are they ahead of where you expected them to be in a make-or-break year, according to many, for Ron Rivera? 
Oh, I think they definitely are ahead of where I expect them to be. Now, some of that is on the shoulders of Sam Howell, who is who is really um, maybe not been the prettiest these first two weeks, but he's got the job done. I think he woke up a lot of eyes around the league with his performance in preseason this year, and everybody kind of took notice as, hey, this guy's an ample NFL passer, and that's more than they've had. That's more than they've they've rolled out the last three or four years. So I think they're progressing. And and I wouldn't poo-poo these first two wins. We don't get to play East Central Carolina State in the pros. So whoever they play is a good team. Uh, road victories are hard to get. So I think you got to give them credit. Now, having said that, it is a long grind. It's a long season. Everybody's going to have injuries. Everybody's going to have to manage their team. Um, I would say the start is positive. I think it's going to be a long road, and they're in a tough division, so we'll just have to see how it goes. 2000 NFL Executive of the Year, Randy Mueller. He's at Randy underscore, Randy Mueller underscore. Let me get that right. Randy Mueller underscore on Twitter. To keep up with his work, we're at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you want to connect with us as Randy is joining us here in the Fast Lane, how crucial has that highly invested and highly talented defensive front been to the Washington Commanders starting off and being able to come back last week is a uh, highlight of that at Denver. Well, I think it's giant. I think that's where teams are are really fundamentally built, whether it's up front on defense or offense. Anytime you can get seven sacks like they did in, in Denver, forget about who they're playing against or how or why. Seven sacks is pressure. And you can do that when you have the kind of talent they have. They've been able to Unfortunately, they've lost a few games, so they've had to. They've got a chance to acquire some top-notch talent. Now, on paper, it's one thing, but it looks to me like they're finally coming together. I think the offensive line still a little work in progress, but if you have a dominating front seven, they'll take you a long ways in the NFL. The rest of the NFC East features the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles have looked a little bit shaky. Dallas has looked very good at the start of the year. You're buying a lot of that as an indicator that Dallas may be the team to beat over Philadelphia in that division this year. Well, I think you'd have to after these first two weeks. Now, again, it's it's a it's a long and windy road, right? I think Dallas right now has shown that they play complementary football, both sides of the ball, and Mike McCarthy's offensive scheme and his play calling has has taken them to another level than where they've been the last couple of years. So. Yes, I think they are the team to beat right now. But I also know in much similar fashion, the Eagles have won two games not playing you know, their best. I think probably week one you could give them about a C plus. Last week was a little better, but they haven't figured it out yet either. So I think there's room for progress there. It's a tough division. I don't think you can count off the Giants either the way they finished the game last week. Now, having Saquon out, that's a big big minus for them and they've got a short week this week against the 49ers so tough division but i think you're on the right track i'd, I'd have dallas one and uh, philly a close second but again there's so many things that happen with these teams over the course of the season that you just never can really safely say how three weeks from now these teams are going to look i always used to say when i was a gym we're about always three weeks from a good mutiny you just never know Injuries can be a factor. Also, uh, some teams, Philadelphia doesn't do much in the preseason with their players. Cincinnati historically starts slow, and they're behind the eight ball at 0-2. Belichick and New England have often treated that first quarter of the season as kind of a a pseudo preseason to an extent. They hopefully won't do it this year because they might be 0-4 given that they're already 0-2. But when you look at that, how much does that give you reservation about jumping to conclusions too soon and maybe being real cautious in terms of your overall proclamations two weeks into the year? 
So I think you definitely have to be cautious. There's no doubt, especially when certain coaches treat preseason the way they do. And you're finding that out. You mentioned some of those teams where starters don't play. I thought it was interesting that Nick Sirianni, after week one, said, hey, if I had to to do over again, I might play some starters a little more. I think teams are starting to rely more on those uh, scripted workouts with other teams. But I'll tell you what, when you don't tackle, when you don't have to protect the quarterback, it's harder to keep him upright on Sundays when he's live than it is in these scripted uh, joint practices. So we're learning about teams. I I think it's going to take five or six weeks before we really know what teams are good, but that's always been the case in this league. I always said if you're around 500 by Thanksgiving, you got a chance, and and I don't see that being any different. I think we've got a long ways to go. We we do have a long ways to go. We don't have a long way to go with Randy Mueller. His work's at theathletic.com. He hosts the Football GM podcast uh, from the Athletics Network, and he's at Randy Mueller underscore on Twitter. Randy, with that all being said, a team that you're very encouraged by early in the year that's a pleasant surprise, a team that has you worried early in the year, one of each, if you don't mind. Well, I would say the team that has me encouraged, in fact, I wrote about it for the Athletic this week, is the Atlanta Falcons. And I know they haven't beat the 85 Bears yet, but at this time they have a rebuilt defense that really jumped out at me. I think they've done a great job piecing it together. Now this regime that's running the Falcons, mind you, had to kind of sit on its hands for the first two years there because some cap ramifications that the prior regime left them with. I think Atlanta is playing, and I mentioned this before about Dallas, complimentary football. They play really good defense. They've got all new guys that have come together on defense. And they play a style of offense where everybody knows their identity. And I think what we find this first month of the season is teams identify themselves as to what they are. And I think after two weeks, we already know what the Falcons are on both sides of the ball. So that's a plus. You know, I I don't know that we know yet where the Chargers are going to be, but at 0-2, I think that's definitely a disappointment. I worry about these teams that have, as a head coach, that side of the ball being the biggest issue. And, And we found that, and we have found that in the past, with the Chargers and that Brandon Staley's defenses, I'll be honest with you, just haven't been very good. And that's how he got the job, supposedly. That's his area of expertise. When those teams struggle on the side of the ball where the head coach spends the majority of his time, I get nervous about it, and that's where I am with the Chargers right now. We are not nervous about the insight. We're calm because we know it's always good. From Randy Mueller at TheAthletic.com, Football GM Podcast drops every Friday afternoon, Saturday morning-ish in that time frame. And, of course, Randy Mueller underscore on Twitter for all of his insight. Randy, much appreciation for your time today in the fast lane. Always enjoy when we can connect and uh, look forward to doing it again whenever it's convenient for you. Sounds good. I'll look forward to it. Randy Mueller with us in the fast lane. And, uh, you know, he mentioned that the areas of expertise being a concern. That is clearly one of the red flags, much like we've discussed often with uh, Virginia's offense, Tony Elliott, an offensive guy, supposedly, and Brent Pry, defensive background at Virginia Tech, but before that at Penn State. Opine on that, Fast Lane Ned Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Trey Law VT, his socials, Fast Lane Ned Lane, where you listen to podcasts. We're back tomorrow afternoon, weeklyfrontstretch.com chat and more in the Fast Lane.